0: So now, through this, this process and this process, we've developed uh, real generalists, solid, experienced, competent generalists. And we've, we've given them opportunities here to work with other people from other parts of the ministry. We've put them on a team first that wasn't their specialty. Then we put them in a mix with other people, and, it, and the, uh, the advantage of that too is they just see how other people approach problems. It, it's, it's like when we have an advisory board meeting, you know, I, I might just cast uh, something out there so I can get some feedback and then we get the varying perspectives and the, and the, the perspectives vary. And we learn from one another how, how you think, how, how they think, how they approach the situation, their, what their solution is. So we're, we're building that experience level here. But now they become a generalist. Then we have to have compounding generalism. Compounding generalism. And what's, what's that? Well, let me, uh, let's, let's do something over here. Um, same kind of arrow deal going here. Here is a specialist. And here is a generalist. They're the same individual. Just depends on how you lead them. Whether you're gonna uh, continue to cultivate the specialist or you're gonna cultivate a generalist. But they're, they're the same, the same individual. It's one individual at this point. Okay, so this, this circle here, Or this circle here, it's the same individual, but we're gonna play it out in two different directions. So this individual here is a specialist. Certainly at this point in the game, they're a specialist. And then they kinda go deeper over time in their specialty. But as you can see here, they become a silo. They become a silo. They're developing competence and capacity, more competence, more capacity, but in their specialty, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And that is perhaps necessary in certain aspects of the ministry. But it's not gonna build the ministry for you to be an ultimate CEO. It's not going to get you there. You may need to have this in certain capacities. But, but it, we're building this, the silo deeper. Now we're, we're talking here about compounding or ultimate, ultimate generalism. Compounding generalism. See, you will not be an ultimate CEO if you don't have ultimate generalists. And enough of them to keep you there. Otherwise, you're gonna. Ha- when God keeps layering more on, you're gonna ha- have to come back into the fray and handle more of the stuff again because you haven't developed people to handle it for you. That was worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> <clears throat> so, these are silos. These are the specialists here. Silo specialists. And if you have this and you're and here you're the leader or anybody in the ministry any leader any leader is here could be you if you just have specialists behind you uh, i don't think for unless you're here for the first time that's not the case but if you if downline you just have silos then you have to have silos like this reporting to somebody there's nobody that can lead the others remember i told you when i when i uh, first took the job god said you take that job that mega church you help them and so uh, when i said yes so god said if he asks you say yes and so he asked and i said yes and then i found out that i had 19 direct reports 19 silos that's not even Half of them there. Well, there's more than half, but it, and it went to 22 before I could get anything changed. I mean, we we needed three more silos just to keep pace with the ministry. But this, this is, this, this is like it says in Exodus 18. They stood around from morning till night, you know, and they didn't get any disciples. They were, I couldn't, this, this, there was no, way to have effective relationship here and build these people so the, that's, this is no good. You, you have no, for you new people, no more than five. I didn't say that yesterday but you don't ha- want to have any more than five errands and hers on your team. Six, I did say that. Six, sorry, right. God will cut you a little credit. Okay so we've got silos. It doesn't work. So here's a generalist and from This, well, we started right here, building them. And then this stuff, innovation culture, task force, special projects, stretch enrichment, beginning of stretch enrichment exercises, generalist, and then compounding. So what does that mean? Well, maybe we increased their we increased their generalist knowledge when we put them on the team they weren't, they couldn't be a specialist in. Then an innovation, we got them on those innovation culture things and we increased them there. And then we made them, we give them another assignment. We uh, promoted them to some greater responsibility or we gave them greater responsibility assignments within their current assignment. And we grew it again. And then we're going to, I'm going to show you the rest of it here. And we're going to major on a few of those things tomorrow. But now compounding generalism. And so what what would that be? So you see now we're starting to expand their capacity and their competence. Or you could say competence in greater capacity. But those two things. This we said yesterday, what what was the key word? Discipleship. So discipleship meaning depth of discipleship. I'm going to give you an illustration tomorrow to show you why. What happens if you don't have depth? Depth of competence and depth of capacity. You've got to have depth. You cannot be the ultimate, go higher, and not have more depth. You have to have ballast, if we, we take a naval term. You know, if you've got a higher superstructure on the ship, you better have more weight in the keel and go deeper with the hull to offset and so if you're going to go higher, you've got to have more depth or the thing just falls over. So depth of discipleship, and that means depth of co- capacity, depth of competence. So what you ha- this is what you have to build here. And this process, this, this ultimate, uh, what do we call it? <laughs> what do they call it? The ultimate progression, yeah. This progression has all the ingredients here. Now we're missing quite a few things, so let's let's keep going here. Um, but this, the, this, this is you've got depth of discipleship where the people are multi-dimensional. They're multi-dimensional. They they did um, a a study at Harvard. A guy at Harvard did a study. Of uh, Korean War veterans, and it, w- only one out of ten survived as a POW in the POW camp. Only one out of ten survived, and they wanted to know what was in Nate in the in those one that one tenth of the survivors. What what was what was in here? What caused them to survive? <coughs> they found out that. The key ingredient was that they were multi-dimensional. They could be effective in any situation. When it called for firmness, they needed—they could be firm. When it called for lightness, when it called for compassion, when it called for being tough, they were multi-dimensional. They knew the right ingredients to bring to every situation. And th- in other words, when they took the test, they—I didn't plan to say this, but. Um, just coming out. When they took their test for this research guy, they had trouble answering the questions because their question was, well, what situation are you talking about? You know how the personality tests are? Are you this? Well, yeah, I am sometime, but but I'm not that in this situation. And they had trouble filling out the test, the personality profile thing, Myers-Briggs, whatever. I don't know what they gave them, but They, because they were multidimensional. They knew how to respond appropriately in any situation, effectively. They also, a couple other characteristics uh, was that they were team players. They were team. we've been, we haven't talked as much about teams here as we do in the basic training, but they were team players. In other, and, and we know this from this teaching. But when they put more emphasis on the other, their their uh, cap, other captors that were with them, the other POWs, when they put more emphasis on their survival, they survived. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's what this is, That's what this is trying to t- tell us. We put more emphasis on. We put more emphasis on developing people than just building some monument to our glory. And so they, they put more emphasis on the survival and the, and the, uh, uh, the strength uh, of, the P- of the rest of the other POWs. That's how they survived. So that's what we're building here. We talk a lot in the basic training about EQ, emotional intelligence. Well, you know, that's, that, that's, what, that's what emotional maturity allows you to be multidimensional. You know, when's the time for laughter? When's the time for get, let's get serious? So what are we doing here? We're creating a new generation of godly leaders. It's not so important or imperative what we accomplish today but what we set in motion for future generations of leaders. That's that's what we're trying to do here. We're building a new generation because every one of these that we build, think how many of other people they're going to impact with the right way to lead, with the right way to build God's work, with the right way to be all they can be for Christ, reach the fullness of their destiny and their purpose for which they were created. That's our assignment. Is to build, you, it's not about building a ministry. It's about building people. And then you will have a ministry. And these corporations that are successful, they know they have to build people, like Dave. $100 million to train 30,000 employees to become leaders. That's what we're doing here. We're, this, is the, this is the progression. One person at a time. As fast as we can develop them. Okay, so let's, let's keep going here and back to the continuum. Uh, so the a couple more rings we can add to this thing, but, but let's add them to this first. Then you put people, so compounding, generalism. So the next thing we would want to do is to have a discipleship analysis. In the world they call it a performance analysis. I like to call it a discipleship analysis but we have to analyze where they are in terms of their discipleship. We've invested a lot in them. Now, where are they? We have to analyze how they're doing and where are they weak. And I I get asked this a lot. People say, some very well-known name people say, you know, you don't worry about the weaknesses, work on the strengths. You know what I'm saying? You hear that. You know, let everybody should work on their strengths. Well, what if their weakness is unrighteousness? That ends that discussion. Okay, so we analyze, then we put them on what I like to call stretch enrichment exercises. Stretch enrichment exercises. What? Like what? Well, that's where you have to be creative. That's where you have to think, what could I? What part of what I'm doing? I'm, I'm not going to just give it to them and never check. I'm not going to work with them. I'm not going to, it's not that I'm not going to partner with them for their success. But what is it that I, because if, if they're going to be here and you're going to be here, they got to start working on what you do here. So you have to start giving them stretch enrichment exercises that will begin to teach them here to do this. When, in other words, that, remember they weren't here when we just had you here, one arrow, and these weren't here, and they were here. But when, and so when you were here, you give them these stretch enrichment, you give them part of your job. You say, hey, you run the meeting this week, I'll be gone. Let me know how it works out. You handle this assignment. Hey, we got a new one here. We got a situation here. Tell me how you're going to handle it. Give them your job. Because they're going to have it here shortly. This is important. Hopefully you're hearing me. Give them your job. Give them portions of your job. So that's stretch enrichment. And we're going to hear from, from Jim Tomberlin here in a short while. And uh, we're going to have a great day. So many of you told me, thank goodness you invited him. Because this is what we're planning to do. Praise God. So uh, it's nice to know that you know, when you hear from God occasionally, it helps. <laughs> so. St- st- but, but if you're going to have multi-sites, I mean, this thing can change, the dynamics can change very quickly when God starts throwing the, some biggies at you. And when you heard Pastor say yesterday, Pastor Coward said, it, in what period of time? Just a, a, a few, year, a year or two. Four, right? Four, four multi-sites in two years. Yeah, so he, had, he, he didn't just, call uh, some recruiting agency and send the people over to run that new building I got. No, he had to send teams out. And people had to, ha- and they had to have his DNA. They had to have his DNA, his culture. They had to be a replication of him. Otherwise, you just send people, who knows what they're gonna do over there. So, this is critical. And as many, we've got to keep more of the ones we, that God sends, we've got to develop more of the ones we keep, like this. Okay, stretch enrichment. And then, well, I, I skipped over one. Uh, the, the, but it's okay. With the, the, we'll interchange these two. I think that would be better. But this is targeting. Discipleship targeting. So we analyze how they're doing, discipleship uh, analysis, and then discipleship targeting. So we have to tell them that things are coming, we're here today, we're here today, and we are going to be here in three years. You heard them yesterday. They, they knew what was coming down the pike. So they can't just say, okay, here's what's coming down the pike. Great, when, when it hits, we'll work on it. No, we have to say, what is God speaking to us about? What is coming down the pike? And then this point, two, three years later, we've got to tell the people right here what it's go- what's going to be required of them to be... F- to be functional here, to, to make it here. We can't wait till we get here and say, yeah, you dummy, you don't, have, you don't even know how to do this. We have a responsibility as the leader to tell them here what they're gonna need here. Amen. That's what this means, targeting. We gotta tell them what the target is when we get here. What do they have to be capable of doing when we get to that point? I don't have time to do that Thelma illustration I do, which is, would help be a little bit more meaningful, but I don't have time to do that right now. Maybe tomorrow if somebody reminds me. Um, Okay, and then finally now, they're ready to take over CEO responsibility. How much, depending on how well you did this. How much they can take over is dependent on how well you did this how well you discipled, how well you coached, taught, trained, and mentored, how well you replicated yourself, how well you duplicated yourself, but CEO responsibility. So here, they're here now. And maybe one moved out faster than anybody else. And so maybe that's the point person here, the point person that is on this team and leads this team on your behalf, is your conduit between you and your executive council, but if you have one that's moved faster than the others, has more competence, more capacity, more multi-dimensional gifts, that he can exercise uh, is the stronger leader, then that would be one that would surface if you don't have that then in, until you until one surfaces through through your cultivation, then you know there's five but this this becomes this is like having a Michael Jordan on your team. you know they asked uh Bill Jackson, you know, how did the Bulls win all those years when they used to win? And he said, he said, they said, it's Michael Jordan, right? He said, yeah, but not for the reason you think. And he said, wasn't his shooting? No, it wasn't his shooting. It was, wh- why was he so valuable? Uh, well, it must have been his playmaking. Yeah, he was great at that. No, wasn't that. His defense? Yeah, he stole a lot of balls. No, but it wasn't that either. Well, what was it? Well, he was the leader on the team he was the guy on the floor who ran the plays the way they're supposed to be running he was the guy saying hey Rodman you're over there you hey he was the last guy in the weight room first and last in and out the last guy out on the floor they're all in the shower he's still shooting free throws he's the he's the guy that coached on the floor for me i didn't have to call a timeout he would tell the players hey come on guys And then he was the guy who was tough, too. He said, Rodman, you're a clown. You know, you're a distraction. You're not a team player. And what you do out there and the color of your hair and where you put earrings, that's your problem. That's your deal. (laughs) But right in here, we're playing basketball. And you're on the team. And we need you. And you're a great rebounder. But you're acting like a turkey. And you're playing for the fans instead of playing for us. That's, that's this guy, that's, that's an MJ on your team or whatever person you think is great. So now they, be, now they have responsibility CEO. Now where are you in this whole thing? You're out here, remember? You're up here with the macro as the facilitator of this. Facilitator. Yeah, you're up here, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that when we get further down the road here. But you're the you're the master discipler. You're the overseer. Master discipler. So, you know, you're the overseer. Maybe another way to say it. These words are just coming to me. Uh, another way to say it here. It, it used to be that you were. Here and you were in, more in control in the positive sense of the word. Yet, you, you know, greater uh, proximity, greater control, good, good use of the word. And, but now you have command. It's different. You know, like the captain has command of the ship, he's not down there scraping barnacles off the anchor. You know, he, he's got command of the ship. And so you have command of all this but you're not involved he had line the captain of the ship has line officers who execute he has an executive officer an an XO here the next person in line who leads all the officers and then they break it down into divisions and you have a chain of command well it's the same so you're you're the overseer or you are the uh, uh, what did I say? That you're you're in uh, command. No. What what was the word I used? Command. command. And we're going to look at what does that mean over here. Uh, let me try to wrap this up here for this session. Uh, we we haven't finished. We we'll probably pick up a few things. Well, let, let me let me do one part of it, and then I'll do the. Let me just, let me try to point out something to you and we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, Here today, I want you to see how how quickly things compound when you're gonna be here and you're gonna be the ultimate facilitator. So now you're the visionary. You're freed up to be with God, to hear from God. You're gonna be exposed to new entrances out in the world. Get out there, meet people in your community. Meet other people other than pastors. Get energized. Get, get your perspective broadened. And you're going to be able to do things that you like to do, that where God can speak to you and show you. He teaches you through your interests and things you're familiar with. That's how he talks to you. You know that. But you, you're, when you're doing those things, we're going, the workload's going to increase big time. You have to have the infrastructure to support it. Well, let's look at what do you mean it's going to increase big time compound? Well, you have, and I I teach in the basic training about having five macro priorities, umbrella priorities for the whole ministry, the five most important things to God, the macro things for God. Here, where's the, uh, here, macro things for God. And he's going to give you, he may give you four, three, six, you heard some yesterday. Okay, so those things are the new things, the five new things that we're going to do. But we got five from last year. Right? We got la- I don't know why I drew this box, but here's a five. Five from last year. You got a weird sense of humor, you guys. Okay, so here's five five things from last year. Okay, now these are the things we worked hard on last year to make happen for God. Okay, but then this year he's going to add five more. So we got 10. Next year, five more. 15. Five more. Just in three years, we're up to 20 major things. That's how it compounds. And we have to have people that can handle the additional responsibilities just and look look at the this is compounding requirements compound to whom much is given is much more is required you're going to be giving given given a lot of things and particularly when he sees that you have a infrastructure established and the system is perfected and it's working well so this is how you get the Threefold, fivefold five-fold increases. This is how we, we went from a five and two-thirds million dollar ministry and a mega ministry to almost $30 million in six years, compounding success. But you've got to have the wherewithal undergirding you to be able to have that happen. But that's how the corporations do it. That's how they give you the return on your investment. How they have how 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 GE went from a ten thousand dollar investment fourteen years later worth eight hundred thousand dollars because of this compounding increase.